Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Monday, September 20th, 2021. On today's episode of the show, we're going to be talking about the winners, surprises, and snubs of the 2021 Emmy Awards. My name is Ben Pearson. I'm a senior writer at SlashFilm.com, and I'm joined on today's episode by Slash Film senior writer and weekend editor, Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. All right, Brad, I got to come clean with you right up at the top here. I didn't watch the Emmys last night, but I know that you did. And we had a whole team, uh, you know, we, our, our staff at SlashFilm.com has expanded in the past several weeks and months, and we had a whole team covering the Emmys. We had a ton of great coverage on the site. I'm going to link to a bunch of that in the show notes. But since you uh, covered the, the event last night, Brad, I thought it would be uh, prudent to have you on. So why don't, before we start, why don't you just run through a few of the winners of the you know, biggest and most significant categories, just to give people a shape of, uh, of what the winners kind of looked like last night. Yeah, I mean, to make things easy here, I'll just say that the, all the major awards, for the most part, went to either Ted Lasso or The Crown with uh, a little bit of a showing for Mayor of Easttown. Uh, the winner of comedy series was Ted Lasso and drama series was the crown. Uh, Ted Lasso walked away with the lead actor award, uh, in a comedy series going to Jason Sudeikis. Uh, the lead actress actually went to, uh, a show that made a surprising, somewhat upsetting appearance, turning, um, down what would have been Ted Lasso's sweep of the comedy category because, uh, both the awards for writing and directing in a comedy series went to HBO Max's show Hacks. And lead actress Jean Smart in that series won uh, Best Actress in a Comedy Series for that as well. So let's talk about that for a second. Let's pause there. Um, Hacks, have you seen Hacks? Have you caught up with that show yet? I haven't. I've heard really good things about it, especially from comedy writers, because it's based in the world of comedy writing and entertainment. Um, but I haven't gotten a chance to see it. And now that it got you know these major awards at the Emmys, I'm uh, even more interested to actually go out of my way to check it out. Yeah, it's very good. I think you would like it a lot because of that comedy connection. It is so, so much in that world. Um, and Gene Smart is really great in it. So I, I am not mad that as much as I love Ted Lasso, I'm not mad that um, some of that love... Uh, some of the award love got spread around to a few things, but um, yeah, I think that I think there was a big, you know, the, the uh, 
I guess the the story going into the night, the expectation was that Ted Lasso might sweep everything, having like a big um, sort of Shit's Creek esque showing. And yeah, the only, the only award it couldn't have gotten was uh, lead actress in a comedy series because they didn't have anybody that was nominated in that category. So right, um, cool. But, okay. uh, yeah, now back on the dramatic side, um, Josh O'Connor and Olivia Coleman took the top actors acting awards for drama series. And then uh, limited series or TV movie uh, obviously mixed things up because, you know, those other shows don't qualify. So Mayor of Easttown was big with the acting awards, including Kate Winslet for lead actress. And then uh, Ewan McGregor showed up and won for his role in in Halston, uh, which is a series on Netflix that I actually haven't gotten a chance to see yet. But uh, as a big Ewan McGregor fan, I I might have to go out of my way to give that a shot, too. Nice. Okay. So uh, what did you think about the broadcast in general? I think I remember a lot of people saying that last year, you know, sort of in the the earlier days of the pandemic, I mean, the pandemic is still obviously still uh, ongoing, but in the earlier days of, of the pandemic in 2020, I remember people uh, speaking very fondly of the Emmys show in terms of, you know, an award show that seemed to know how to put on an entertaining show given the restrictions that they had at that time. So how did uh, the 2021 Emmys stack up in comparison to that? Uh, not great. It, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, um, it was a pretty disappointing broadcast overall. The The writing for uh, the sketches and for the presenters was, was not up to snuff. Um, you had Cedric the Entertainer as host, which, uh, you know, he's a CBS sitcom star, so fine, synergy, cross-promotion, whatever. Uh, the opening number he did, which was a, a TV-themed rendition of uh, of a Bismarck Key song featuring uh, appearances by Lil Dicky and Ella Cool J and Rita Wilson rapping for some reason, that was actually a highlight. It was an enjoyable way to start the show. Um, and there was one good sketch throughout the rest of the program uh, that was like an Emmy support group for people who hadn't won any Emmys despite being nominated. <laughs> and that had Zoe Deschanel and uh, Jason Alexander and Scott Bakula in it. And, and that was an amusing thing. But otherwise, just so much fell flat. And like you kind of got the idea that like a lot of people really were just hoping that the show would start moving a lot faster. Um, Amy Poehler even had a, a great bit when she was presenting where it felt like she was just like desperate for everything to be over. Um, so yeah, the, the show itself was, was not very good. The funniest thing, uh, that came out of the show that I, I actually wrote on, and pointed out specifically because it was such a surprising random thing was Conan O'Brien had this, like just had recurring shenanigans throughout the night that clearly weren't planned. They were just something that he was doing. Um, and it started with, uh, when last week tonight with John Oliver won their award for variety uh, series and beat out Conan without borders, uh, <laughs> John Oliver said, you know, I think we were all hoping that Conan would have gotten this and they cut to Conan. Um, and he was like waving his, like clasping his arms, like in victory, like, yes, yes. And then re- had a sad realization of how terrible this was that he didn't win. <laughs> and then uh, shortly thereafter, when the Television Academy CEO gave his standard speech of like saying, oh, this is what we're proud of this year and blah, 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 blah. Conan stood, stayed standing after they clapped for him. And he was like hooting and hollering and cheering like it was like this big thing. <laughs> so much that like the entire crowd actually gave like a second round of applause for the speech. 
And you could see like the CEO kind of reacting because he kept going through some of the speech and he even stood there and like saluted it. <laughs> so, so this was like a completely sarcastic round of applause. Yeah, I mean, like, I think it was like in good fun, but like, like making it like hyping up what is traditionally the most boring part oh, of I the see. ceremony. Yes, but, yes, yes. but yeah, and then to cap it all off, uh, when Stephen Colbert won an award for his election special, uh, Colbert, who is really good friends with Conan, uh, told him to come up on stage with them when they won. And so Conan is up there just pretending like he's part of the Colbert staff, like putting his arms around everybody and just, just grinning ear to ear. It was it was so funny. That's great. Um, so from the outside looking in, I mean, you know, just looking at the the pure numbers of, you know, who won and all that stuff. Netflix tied an Emmy record um, for the most wins in a single year. They had 44 awards, which ties what CBS did back in 1974. So that's pretty impressive. And I think, you know, again, having not seen the the broadcast myself, it just looks like from the numbers here that streaming platforms have really, um, you know, kicked it into high gear in terms of winning uh, trophies and, and being taken very seriously. I mean, it wasn't too long ago that people were talking about how impressive it was that The Handmaid's Tale won Best Drama because it was the first streaming, uh, that was, Hulu was the first streaming service to win such an award. And now it's like the crown is dominating and, and it seems like streaming is, um, is you know where where most of the uh, the creative juice is sort of flowing in Hollywood these days. So yeah, the were queen, there any the queen, the queen's uh, gambit had a big night too because uh, they won for um, limited series. Uh, oh yeah, well. that's right. So our, I mean, aside from I guess the continued dominance of streaming, Brad, were there any other I guess like narrative threads that you could pick up on or trends or anything that you that you happen to notice over the course of the uh, the evening last night? Well, one of the issues, and this is something that we uh, wrote about on Slash Film, is that despite the fact that the Emmys were touting such a uh, large amount of diversity among the nominees uh, this year, the winners certainly wouldn't have much evidence of that because there were very, very few people of color walking away with Emmys during the ceremony last night. It, it took like, uh, I want to say nearly two hours until um, a, uh, a person of color was handed an Emmy last night, which prompted a lot of uh, hashtag Emmy so white uh, posts to come back around mm-hmm. on, on social media. So that was a little bit disappointing. Um, you know, I, I, the one thing that I do, I would like to say though is like I, you know, so often with with television, I think that one of the bigger problems comes down to Emmy voters aren't able to watch all of these TV shows, you know, and I think that they prioritize stuff that gets way more buzz, you know, which which is why you continually have shows that uh, are returning winners, you know, mm-hmm, it, it's mm-hmm. not just it's not just a matter of quality; it's just shows that these people have become familiar with, and it's a flaw in the system, honestly. I think. To where, you know, I, there has to be some way to give these voters time or to ensure that they've seen like uh, a certain amount of the nominees or something like yeah. that before they can vote on a certain category. Because otherwise, it's just a lot of, um, you know, favoritism and not necessarily favoritism, like in a vindictive way, just in a lazy way, you know, which which can be frustrating. So as deserving as shows like The Crown and Ted Lasso might be there are a lot of shows out there that you know got nominated that you know maybe voters didn't watch or shows that didn't get nominated because you know voters also didn't see them um and i think that that's a a big issue that that plagues it along with the continued fact that so much of the the television academy is still made up of a lot of you know older white people who have been around for decades now and you know aren't necessarily you know up to snuff with as far as like 
diverse stories and innovative storytelling and things right. like that. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And and sort of to that point, uh, we wrote an article, um, actually all of us on the site contributed to like a big group article about the biggest surprises and shocks from the, the Emmy Awards. And I'll link to that in, in the show notes. But one of the things that we wrote about was that um, Barry Jenkins, the Underground Railroad didn't win a single thing. And I admittedly had not seen that show yet, but just knowing what kind of filmmaker Barry Jenkins is. I've, I've been waiting to watch the show because I just finished reading the book not too long ago. Um, and I know that that's on Amazon and that that is one of those shows that like it seemed like it was going to be a huge deal because Barry Jenkins won uh, an Oscar for uh, for Moonlight a few years ago and it has become, you know, like a one of the, the best filmmakers in this country, I think. And the fact that he was going to be making a 10 episode show on Amazon seemed really exciting. And then it seemed like that show did not really get a ton of buzz when it came out. And I wonder if that is a, a victim of that thing you're talking about, Brad, where there's just like, you know, I remember a few years ago, they were talking about how there, there was something like 500 new uh, TV shows coming out in in that year. And that was like 2018, 2019 or something. So I'm sure that number has increased over the past couple of years, even with the pandemic, there's just, there's so many outlets, so much out there that, um, you know, it's, it's real tough for people to, to catch up with all this stuff. And I, I tend to agree with you. I wish there was a way to, um, to install some sort of, uh, some sort of system. I have no idea how you would police something like that, but to make sure that people have actually watched X number of, of the content that is out there, especially when, I mean, especially when the nominees have been narrowed down for you, like I can understand if things don't get nominated and they sort of fall through the cracks. But once the nominees are there um, for a show like the Underground Railroad to not win anything, I mean, from from all of the talk on Twitter that I saw of people who have seen that show and have sort of like studied that show in an academic way, it just seems like it deserves something, you know, so that, yeah, that's one sure. of the big um, upset, uh, upsets. So. Uh, were there any other um, surprises or shocks or snubs from that article, um, Brad, that you wanted to highlight here? Uh, you know, I suppose for our purposes, just because we cover these shows so extensively, as you know, it was a little bit disappointing that uh, WandaVision and The Mandalorian didn't get any of the, the major awards that they were nominated for. Uh, both shows ended up winning some Creative Arts Emmys from the previous weekend. So, you know, they didn't entirely go home empty handed. They're still being recognized for their technical achievements, kind of in the same way that a lot of blockbusters are. Uh, when it comes to the Academy Awards. But, um, but you know, besides that, you know, I, I was pretty pleased with, you know, the shows that did win. I'm, I'm a big Ted Lasso fan. I haven't seen The Crown. Uh, my girlfriend uh, loves The Crown, though. And of course, it's a show that you can't stop hearing about. It's, it wins endless awards and everyone's always excited when a new season comes along. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, but, but besides that, I would say, you know, um, the awards, uh, you know, did go to uh, mostly deserving shows although the one i guess i will say that was this is kind of it's kind of annoying to me and like on some level i get it but it was it's it's weird to me that hamilton uh walked away with an emmy oh yeah i was gonna ask you about that because i I remember hamilton getting a lot of uh, awards in that show i mean you know it came out several years ago it was filmed uh the, the filmed version was um you know, was shot in what, like 2015, 2016 or something. And then the movie version hit Disney plus last year. And then instead of being nominated for Oscars, it got sort of shunted over to the Emmys. And there's been a lot of talk about like category fraud and like the, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a stage production that was intended to be released released in movie theaters. And now it won, you know, 
a couple Emmys. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so what exactly did Hamilton win? Because I know it had a lot of nominations, um, and it sounded like it. You know, uh, several months ago, people were like, "Oh yeah, Hamilton is probably going to sweep because it's such a big deal." But then it sounds like that show or or movie or whatever weird in between thing you want to call it didn't really. Uh, like sweep the, the way that some people thought it might. Yeah, so it won uh, the big award that it won was Variety Special pre-recorded. Um, it beat out the likes of uh, Dave Chappelle and Bo Burnham's com- um, comedy specials, uh, the Friends reunion, the the West Wing special that was uh, a benefit benefit for voting, and uh, David Byrne's American Utopia, which similarly was a, uh, a recorded performance from Broadway as well. But uh, where they really lost out were all the acting awards because um, a lot of the main cast members were nominated for awards, including Lin-Manuel Miranda and Leslie Odom Jr. for their lead roles, uh, as well as uh, uh, five different supporting nominations as well. And they didn't win any of those. And and I think the biggest problem with that is you're talking about in the supporting actor category, you have three people from Hamilton and an actress, you have two. And so you're going to split all those votes up from people, anyone who loves Hamilton by picking, you know, one of those actors. So it only makes sense that none of them walked away with any of the trophies that they were nominated for. So, um, and so you're, you know, you're left with still a pretty decent Emmy, but I'm just, uh, you know, I just don't know that the Emmys was the place for, you know, Hamilton to like try and get a a few more awards. It's like you, you you got so many Tonys already. Like, do you really need this, this Emmy? Right. Yeah. So sort of, um, you know, jumping off of what you were just talking about, about potentially splitting the categories. And I I don't want this to sound like I don't. Okay. So let me back up a second. Uh, Michaela Cole won an Emmy for writing for a limited or anthology series uh, or movie. Um, And for I May Destroy You, the show that she, the HBO series that she made, uh, which is an incredible show. I've I've talked about it in a a previous version of The Water Cooler. I think I wrote about it on uh, the quarantine stream or the daily stream now. Um, So that uh, Michaela Cole won. And in that category, she was going up against uh, Mayor of Easttown's uh, Brad Inglesby, the Queen's Gambit's Scott Frank, and then three different uh, episodes of WandaVision that were written by different people. So I'm wondering if, part of the reason that WandaVision and maybe the Mandalorian didn't perform quite as well as they would have otherwise is because of some of that category stacking or whatever you want to call it, like, uh, you know, jamming a bunch of different options into the same category and, and potentially having the, the voters split based on, you know, the particular episode that they like the most. What do you make of that? Do you think there's any validity there? Yeah, I think that's entirely possible too. Um, the multiple nominations for the same show, uh, always end up splitting people, especially when, you know, uh, in the directing and writing categories, you're talking about having two different episodes nominated. And so somebody who may love the show is going to have to pick between one or the other episode. And so that, that split just ends up hurting you in the long run. So yeah, gr- granted, I'm not necessarily sure you'd be able to take down something like the crown anyway, just because it already has so many, you know, fans and people loving the, the, the quality of that show. So who mm-hmm. knows? Who knows? Yeah, um, so I, I think we've touched on most of the big storylines, a lot of the big winners and stuff. Um, were there any other like big moments maybe from the ceremony or, or other categories that you were sort of like personally uh, invested in, Brad, that either went your way or, or didn't go your way? Um, I, I'm always happy to see Saturday Night Live uh, get some love. Uh, granted, it was a little bit weird since there weren't really uh, there wasn't really a big sketch uh, series category this year. You know, it was a very uh, small competition, so Saturday Night Live coming up on top was not necessarily a, a big surprise. 
you know, there were two tributes to, to Norm MacDonald um, linking to Saturday Night Live since he recently passed away, which was also a nice touch. Um, but yeah, otherwise, honestly, it's just most of the show is just so, so lackluster. And like, uh, while there's been plenty of discussion uh, around the awards themselves and whatnot, it's just more and more, I, I feel like maybe it's just because the pandemic is just making us so much more focused on the stuff that we really want to take the time to watch as opposed to just watching anything and everything now mm-hmm. that we've just, we're starting to realize so much more that like, um, award shows just aren't that fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and and maybe you know I, I think some people realized this before and like uh, have always thought the award shows are boring. I, I still enjoy it just from you know our, our industry standpoint, being you know someone who's passionate about movies and TV. Um, but then again, maybe it's just a thing where just the quality of award shows uh, is is going down uh, um, because as there's so much more entertainment out there for us to consume. That sitting back for three hours and watching, you know, Hollywood. Uh, glad hand each other and slap each other Mm -hmm. on the back maybe isn't as thrilling as it used to be yeah and when you have so much stuff like such a breadth of things i think you know it's like people um get invested in like the little niche stuff that they watch and then when that thing is not fully represented in a in a big show like that because nothing can be you know um it it sort of maybe feels a little underwhelming um when all is said and done but um yeah, I mean, you mentioned the, the one other thing that I just wanted to really like underline in this conversation is that you mentioned earlier that Ewan McGregor won an Emmy and he, for his work in Halston, and he beat Paul Bettany for WandaVision, Hugh Grant uh, for The Undoing, Lin Manuel Miranda in Hamilton, and Leslie Odom Jr. in Hamilton. Like that is for a show that uh, I have heard literally zero buzz about. Um, that is kind of baffling to me that Emmy voters made the time to watch Halston, but couldn't watch the Underground Railroad, couldn't watch, you know, some of these other, I mean, I shouldn't say that they didn't watch the Underground Railroad. Maybe they just didn't like it, but I I find that really hard to believe, you know? Um, I I don't want to like ascribe intent to people, especially when I'm speaking so generally, but uh, man, that that Ewan McGregor um, thing, that must've been like a pretty significant upset. If you like, are the type of person who put money on on awards shows and, and nominees and things like that you probably made a pretty significant amount of money if you if you bet on you and mcgregor for that so uh yeah i think that's that's kind of it um i, I encourage you to to if you're like interested in any of this stuff there's there's a lot of stuff that we didn't talk about here just like some of the more nitty-gritty categories and things like that and i, I would encourage you to go to slashmo.com check out the um the great coverage that we published last night and and have continued to publish into today talking uh, you know reacting to this award show so uh brad any closing thoughts um anything else that we didn't hit here no i mean just go out there and uh and watch more shows you know uh <laughs> diversify your streaming portfolio and go out there and watch something that uh you might not otherwise see and that might make you uncomfortable and uh yeah, just like stop watching the office reruns for a little bit and just just give something new a shot, maybe. Hey, that's actually a great piece of advice. I love that. All right. Uh, so I think that's going to bring us to the end of today's episode of Slash Film Daily. You can find more about all of the stories that we mentioned on today's show at slashfilm.com and links inside the show notes for this episode. Slash Film Daily is published every weekday, bringing you the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site. You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all of the popular podcast apps, and send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns, and mailbag topics to us at peter at slashfilm.com. Make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, 
Tell your friends, spread the word. Thank you all so much for listening and we will talk to you tomorrow.